All right. Today is 9-11. And that is the title of today's message, okay? 9-11. The first truth I want to focus on is this. What happened on 9-11? Well, 9-11 refers to September 11th. But does anyone remember what year the tragic events happened? Anyone remember the year? Okay, I heard some answers there, correct answers. That is 2001, right? 21 years ago. Now, how many of you remember watching the tragic events unfold on television news 21 years ago? How many of you remember? All right, looks like about half of you. And uh, some of you, some of you no doubt know a lot about what happened on September 11th, 2001. And others of you, truthfully, know very little. This is not going to be, it is not going to be primarily a, a history lesson. This is going to be primarily a spiritual Bible message. But first, I, I want us all to know what happened on September 11th, that tragic day. It was a clear Tuesday morning on September 11, 2001, at 8.45 a.m., when an American Airlines Boeing 767 loaded with 20,000 gallons of jet fuel, which, by the way, would be about 75,708 liters of fuel, crashed, crashed into the North Tower of the World Trade Center in New York City. When I first heard about the crash, I, I thought it was a tragic major accident and probably some of you thought the same. How many of you thought the same? Yes, I see those hands. After the initial crash of the airplane, here's how one person describes what happened. Quote, the impact on the World Trade Center left a gaping, burning hole near the 80th floor of the 110-story skyscraper, instantly killing hundreds of people and trapping hundreds more in higher floors. And then the person goes on and says, as the evacuation of the tower and its twin got underway, television cameras broadcasted live images of what actually appeared to be a freak accident. And then, 18 minutes after the first plane hit, a second Boeing 767 United Airlines Flight 175 appeared out of the sky, turned sharply toward the World Trade Center, and sliced into the South Tower near the 60th floor. The collision caused such a massive explosion that showered burning debris over surrounding buildings and onto the streets below. It immediately became clear that America was under attack, end of quote. That is what a documentary writer wrote. Soon after the two planes crashed into the two World Trade Center buildings, the horror 
The horror in New York took a catastrophic turn when the south tower of the World Trade Center collapsed in a massive cloud of dust and smoke. No one has ever seen something like that happen before. The structural steel of the skyscraper built to withstand winds in excess of 200 miles per hour and a large conventional fire could not, could not withstand the tremendous heat generated by the burning jet fuel. And then, at 10.30 a.m., the north building of the Twin Towers collapsed. Only six people in the World Trade Center towers at the time of their collapse survived. Almost 10,000 others were treated for injuries, many severe. Two of the planes were flown into the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center in New York City, but that wasn't all that happened. A third plane crashed into the Pentagon in Arlington, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C. Some of you probably know that the Pentagon is the headquarters for the United States Department of Defense. And then a fourth plane crashed into a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. All in all, 19 militants associated with the Islamic extremist group called, called Al-Qaeda, A-L and then Qaeda, Q-U-E-D-A, hijacked four planes and carried out suicide attacks against targets in the United States. About 3,000 people were killed during the 9-11 terrorist attacks, which triggered uh, major U.S. initiatives to combat terrorism and defined the presidency of George W. Bush. Personally, I have always been touched. I've been touched by how the United States government has honored all the people who lost their lives in the terrorist attacks, and especially how they honored the first responders. At the New York Trade Center, New York World Trade Center alone, just at that one location, there were 343 firefighters and paramedics who died. Who died. And there were 23 New York City police officers and 37 Port Authority police officers also died, struggling to evacuate the buildings and save the office workers trapped on the higher floors above where the planes had crashed. All in all, obviously, September 11, 2001 was a terrible day. It was a terrible day. One of the worst days in any country's history. Uh, for those of you interested in facts, the estimated cost of the World Trade Center destruction, just the buildings themselves, the destruction there, the cost was $60 billion. The cost to clean up the debris at ground zero, 
was $750 million. Now briefly, my friends, that, that is what happened in 9-11. And you can, you can go to the library and, and find books, or you can go to the internet and get a lot more details. And uh, some of the details are just heartbreaking, heartbreaking. All right, that's a little bit of what happened. I want to take you to this second major point, and it is this. Why did 9-11 happen? Why did it happen? And we're just, we're going to get shortly to truths that specifically apply to you, okay, to you and me, so don't turn me off. Why did 9-11 happen? The investigators discovered that the 19 men who hijacked the airplanes were Islamic terrorists from Saudi Arabia and several other Arab nations. The attack was financed by the Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda terrorist organization of Saudi fugitive Osama bin Laden. The allegation was they were acting, all right? The allegation was that they were acting in retaliation, in retaliation of America's support of Israel, its involvement in the Persian Gulf War in 1991, and they were reacting to the United States' continued military presence in the Middle East. Well, those are the basic reasons that investigators and researchers gave as to why the tragic events of 9-11 happened. For the most part, those uh, reasons are probably correct on the surface, on the surface. However, I want us to get to the reasons behind the reasons. We want to focus on the reasons behind the reasons. In other words, I want to get to the root of the problem and then discuss the solutions. Why did 9-11 happen? Here is why. Trying to get at the root of the problems. Okay, reason number one. The heart, the human heart is terribly wicked. This is why. Jeremiah in the Bible, chapter 17, verse 9, tells us, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? That's the New Living Translation. And other verses like Genesis 6, verse 5, says... And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. Bible verses such as the two I have just quoted, we could find and quote you a whole lot more, but, but uh, it'll get too long. All right, Bible verses such as the two that I've quoted teach us clearly that the human heart 
referring, referring to the inner nature. The inner nature of people is sadly evil. Evil, and as the prophet Jeremiah said, desperately wicked. Desperately wicked. Look at what Mark 7, verses 21 through 23 also says. All right? Mark 7, 21 to 23. Why don't you read it with me from, from the screen? All right? Read it out loud. For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. My friends, the reason Osama bin Laden and others who helped him organize the terrible attacks on September 11th, along with the 19 men who attacked the four airplanes and, and used them as missiles, is because their hearts, their, their inner nature was evil, desperately wicked. That's why. That's why. We, we, see, we see the results of desperately wicked hearts all too often. All too often. Even this past week, two men, if you were listening to the news at all this past week, Two men went on a stabbing rampage in our Canadian province of Saskatchewan out west, and the two men killed at least 10 people and injured 18 others. That happened why? It happened because of evil, wicked hearts. That's why. On May 14, 2022, in Buffalo, about a two-hour, two-and-a-half drive, two and a half hour drive from here, New York, Buffalo, New York, an 18-year-old young man motivated by hate shot and killed 10 precious black people and injured three others at a Topps supermarket plaza. Many of you probably remember that. On May 24th of this same year, 19 dear children and two adults were killed in a shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde County, Texas by an 18-year-old young man. One individual said to CNN, they said, it just shows you the complete evil of the shooter. My friends, the good news, the good news is you, you and I, we have not been involved in anything like the 9-11 terrorist attacks. You have not carried out any mass shootings. But when you read Jeremiah 17, verse 9, which says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked, I would not be surprised if your mind, if your mind thinks of someone you know whose inward nature is in fact desperately wicked, right? And is it possible that some of you who are being honest with yourselves are thinking 
are thinking of how that verse is describing you. Ouch. Why did 9-11 happen? It happened because the human heart is terribly wicked. As Jeremiah 17, 9 says, who really knows how bad it is? There is a second potential reason as to why 9-11 happened, and it is this. Second reason is anger and bitterness. Osama bin Laden and others who worked with him to organize the attacks on 9-11 were filled. They were filled with anger and bitterness towards the United States and towards other countries, by the way. Now, some people have suggested that the terrorists were filled with anger because in 1990 and 1991, the United States went to war with Iraq. Some of you will recall that. If in fact, stay with me now, if in fact the terrorists were angry against the United States for going to war with Iraq and the U.S. won the war with the help of other nations as well, the terrorists' anger was not, was not justified. If they were saying they were upset and angry for the U.S. going into the Persian Gulf and, uh, and taking care of Iraq, the terrorist anger was not justified. Why, someone might say? Here is why. The Persian Gulf War began when the country of Iraq invaded the country of Kuwait, K-U-W-A-I-T. Have any of you maybe visited Kuwait, by the way? Some of you are world travelers. Any of you visited? Yes? Okay, I see that hand. Yeah. So, Iraq invaded the country of Kuwait on August the 2nd, 1990. Iraq's leader, Saddam Hussein, ordered the invasion and occupation of Kuwait. Why? For the purpose of acquiring Kuwait's large oil reserves and canceling a large debt that Iraq owed Kuwait. Iraq owed a lot of money to Kuwait. And because Iraq wanted to expand its power in the region. That's why Iraq invaded Kuwait back in 1990. The United States and other countries went to war against Iraq to stop Iraq from bullying Kuwait and to kick the Iraqi military uh, out of Kuwait. It was Iraq's fault, it was Iraq's fault for creating an unnecessary war. Just as this year, Russia has been at fault for invading the Ukraine. 
There's some similarities there. Osama bin Laden and his fellow evildoers had no reason to be angry with the United States over the Persian Gulf War. But unfortunately, listen to this now, unfortunately, too often, people get angry over issues which they themselves have caused. Did you get that? Too often, people get angry over issues or problems which they themselves have caused. By the way, do you sometimes say or do things which cause a problem, but then you get angry about whatever it is, and the truth is, you are the one who caused the problem. Hello. Do you know people like that? Is he or she sitting beside you? Don't put your hand up. Or you'll cause more of a problem. Right? Now here is what God says about anger and bitterness. Here's what the Lord says. All right? Read with me Proverbs 15, 18 from the screen. A hot-tempered person starts fights. A cool-tempered person stops them. Proverbs 22, 24. Don't befriend angry people or associate, associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. Wow. Wow. Okay, read Ephesians 4, verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Read Colossians 3, 8. But now, now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. My friends... I don't have time to say a whole lot more on this subject of anger, but if, if, you, if you have an anger problem, I encourage you to listen to two messages I presented on anger management in May and June of 2020, which I believe can help you. I've heard different people talk about how those messages really help them with their anger issues. Okay, here's a third reason as to why 9-11 happened. And it is this. Third reason is wrong thinking. Wrong thinking. Somehow, Osama bin Laden and his evil planners and the 19 terrorists who crashed those four airplanes thought that something, something in their favor, something good would happen if they killed thousands of people with the 9-11 attacks and destroyed the World Trade Twin Towers and the Pentagon. I mean, that's what they must have thought. 
They thought that something good was going to happen from these terrible acts. My friends, wrong thinking is a regular problem with people. Stick with me. Wrong thinking is a regular problem. Even this past year here in Canada, there were people protesting against the COVID vaccines in front of hospitals where, where they harassed doctors and nurses who were simply going in and out of the hospitals to do their difficult jobs and help people, in some cases help people with COVID and in other cases help people with major heart surgeries and diabetes problems and all kinds of situations. Outside the hospitals, these protesters were nothing but a pain to everyone. That's what it was. What were they accomplishing? Nothing. Nothing except wrong thinking. I watched the news sometimes and I thought, what's the matter with you people? You, some of you are probably not only high school educated, but you're probably university educated and post-university educated. And you're out there wasting your time and causing problems for doctors and nurses and causing problems for people who are trying to get into the hospitals. Wrong thinking. Earlier this year, in January and February of 2022, hundreds of truck drivers drove from all over the country now, now stick with me. Some of you, what I'm about to tell you, some of you have probably, probably never thought of or you've never heard anyone say, okay? But earlier this year, hundreds of truck drivers drove from all over the country to our national capital, Ottawa, to protest for almost a month, almost a month, the fact, they were protesting the fact that our Canadian government made it mandatory for truckers to be vaccinated against COVID if they wanted to take loads to the United States. They were also protesting, of course, to have more general so-called, so-called freedom, freedom, <laughs> as well. But, but one of their main beefs was the fact that our Canadian government said they had to be vaccinated to drive down into the United States with their trucks to carry loads. The protesters created a very big problem for the residents of Ottawa for nearly a month. Okay, follow me now. Here is how the truckers' protest in Ottawa was all about wrong thinking. Here's how. Even if our Canadian government had not made, had not made vaccines mandatory for the truckers, the truck drivers would not have been able to drive into the United States with any load. Why, someone might ask. Because, because the American government had already made the decision that any truck drivers crossing the border into the United States had to show proof that they were double vaccinated. 
You get what I'm saying? The truckers would not have been allowed into the United States. In a sense, our Canadian government was trying to do them a favor by getting them ready so that if they wanted to take loads down south, the U.S. government would let them, would let them cross the border. My friends, wrong thinking caused a big problem in downtown Ottawa for nearly a month until the police said, and they got enough manpower, until the police said, enough is enough, and the police arrested nearly 200 people, some of them are still in jail, by the way, and they towed hundreds of trucks and froze, they, the, our government froze, or the police froze, whoever did it, they froze $10 million of donations. And Ottawa finally got back to normal. You know, when I heard that, that there were about $10 million of donations given for, for this truck business, I thought, you know, sometimes, sometimes people won't give a nickel to worthy causes and they'll give thousands or millions to terrible causes. I'm glad you're not wrong thinking here. That's good. Well, anyway, anyway, what, what about us? What about you? What about you and me? Do, do you create unnecessary problems, unnecessary problems in your family, at work, at school, in your neighborhood? at church, all because of wrong thinking? Huh? Listen to what God has to say about the way you and I think. Read it with me, Romans 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Say it again. By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Wow. Proverbs 23, verse 7. Read it. For as he thinketh in his heart... So is he, or she, by the way. Do you, do you need to let God change the way you think? Here's a fourth reason why 9-11 happened. Fourth reason. Selfishness and self-centeredness. Now, don't turn me off. We're talking about truth, God's truth. Selfishness and self-centeredness is another reason why 9-11 happened. Osama bin Laden and his crew were very selfish and self-centered. All they cared about was themselves and probably their own little family. And they weren't concerned how their actions would affect thousands and actually millions of others. Listen to what God says. 
Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. Read it with me. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Wow. Selfishness and self-centeredness are a problem at all age levels and in all cultures. Back in the 1980s, I know I look so young, and I am. Is there an amen? You are such wise people. <laughs> uh, uh, I, see, I see Gail and Larry tight here, who were part of our church back in the 1980s, and uh, I, I have such good memories of them, of their family, and of the love that we shared, and how Gail looked after our little daughter, and and son on various occasions, amen. But any, anyway, back in the 1980s, I remember there were two brothers. There were two brothers who loved coming to our youth program, and I was with our youth program every Friday night. I've spent a lot of time with youth on Friday nights for many, many years. But anyway, we had two brothers who loved coming to the youth program on the Friday nights. As best as I recall, the older brother was in grade seven, and technically he was eligible to come to our youth group because our youth program was for students in grade seven and above through high school. His younger brother was in grade five, okay? His younger brother was in grade five, and technically he was not really eligible to come to our youth group events. However, we allowed the grade five brother to also come because if, if we had said, sorry, you are not in grade seven yet and you can't come, the older brother who was in grade seven would not have been allowed by his parents to come to Friday evening youth. Why? Well, it was either because on Friday evenings the parents worked or the parents did their grocery shopping Friday nights. I can't recall the, all the reasons. And, um, and they had told the older son that he had to watch the younger son. So where the older son went, the younger one had to go. And so for about two years, for about two years, we allowed the younger son to come to our youth events while he was in grade five and then in grade six. He was not a problem. He participated nicely. He was a joy to have with us on Friday nights. And probably a lot of the other youth didn't even know that he wasn't in grade seven yet. It wasn't something we talked about. That brother, that brother had come to Friday youth for about two years before he actually entered grade seven. Then one day after he was in grade seven or eight, uh, whatever it was, 
One day he spoke, he said, Pastor Nick, I really want to talk to you about something. It sounded serious. I said, sure, what would you like to talk about? So one day after he was in grade seven or eight, he spoke with me and he said, Pastor, you really should not be allowing so-and-so who is a little kid to come to youth group on Friday nights. <laughs> I asked him, uh, why not? Why not? He told me it was, because, it was because that other student was only in grade six and youth group is for those in grade seven and above. <laughs> I remember thinking how here was a kid that we allowed to come to the youth group for two years before, uh, before he was technically eligible to come. And now he was complaining to me as to how we should not be allowing a measly grade six student to come to Friday Youth. <laughs> Do you get the picture? What is that? That was selfishness and self-centeredness. I remembered that all these years. I thought, hi yeah, 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 yeah. Why do people think like that, whether they're kids or young teens or, or adults? Now stick with me. Some of you might get angry with me about this. But think it out. In the last few years, in the last few years, when there has been a crisis in Syria and in Afghanistan, some other places as well, and in the Ukraine, resulting in millions of people needing precious, dear men, women, uh, adults, youth, children, needing, needing to run for their lives because of war and all kinds of other situations. Uh, people who have become refugees. I, I have heard, sadly, this, this goes back several years, I've heard, I've heard some people say terrible things like, oh, oh, I hope our Canadian government doesn't let refugees come to Canada from Syria or Afghanistan or from the Ukraine. And when I've heard those comments, I thought, you're kidding me? What? That, that is selfishness and self-centeredness. Hello? Sometimes, folks, I have to call things as they are. All right? Listen, listen. Most of us, most of us, including Pastor Nextavropoulos, most of us have been refugees ourselves who came to Canada from places like, like the Caribbean islands or from South America, especially Guyana, from Central America and Africa and India and Pakistan, Europe, the, the British Isles as well. <laughs> as I look at my dear brother there, 
But he came because he was looking for a beautiful wife. <laughs> and he found her in Reverend Dr. Lisa Autar. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know all the reasons he came, but uh, he, he got a good bargain in the process, getting, finding himself a wonderful wife. Thanks, Pork. Thanks for not beating me up. Okay. All right. But uh, anyway, some of us, the truth is, some of us came to Canada because where we were born, there was little or no food and no jobs. My parents, we came from northern Greece, my parents repeatedly told us how for years there was little or no food Little or no food where, where in the village that we lived in. And it wasn't just our village, it was all the villages. When we were growing up, my father, if he, my father heard any of us four kids complain about what the mother made for supper, if any of us complained, my father would say, Children, if you were still in Greece, you would be grateful for one little piece of meat that would hardly fit in between your teeth. Okay? Anyway, others of, us, others of us came to Canada because where we came from, there was war and political upheaval or persecution. Some of you fall into that category. And uh, when, when, when there are refugees, when there are refugees needing refuge, my friends, whether they are from Syria or Afghanistan or Ukraine or wherever, we need, we need to say, welcome to Canada, land of promise. And with God's help, I will do my best to help you. Amen? By the way, I want to thank the many of you who have been donating money to, to enable us to sponsor the Onofrychuk family from war-torn Ukraine. They are a family of five, consisting of a husband, wife, and three children. To the best of my knowledge, from my most recent uh, conversation with them on Zoom, um, we, uh, we are hoping that they will be able to arrive at the end of September or early October of this year, 2022. Now, some of you, some of you are not able to give very much or anything at all to help a refugee family. And that's okay, because if you need help, we want to help you, as we do with different people. The good news is, the good news is, most of us are able to give something, and some people are able to give a lot. We have people in our church giving anywhere from $5 a month to $500 a month. And once again, I want to thank folks like Jim and Doreen Bissessar and, and Gladstone and Don Ross for being willing to provide temporary accommodations in their homes when the Anna Frychuk family arrives. All right. Here's a fifth reason why 9-11 happened. Here it is. Number five, uh, I don't have time to spend a lot of time on this one. Following the wrong people and or the wrong causes, okay? 1 Corinthians 15, says, 
Do, read it with me. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. My friends, the 19 terrorists who crashed the four airplanes somehow started following the wrong people and the wrong causes. Be careful who and what you get involved with. Amen? Young people, be careful who and what you get involved with. You can easily get off course and into tragic situations. Here's the sixth reason why 9-11 happened. Number six is lack of using one's skills and talents for the right reasons. The terrorists who flew the airplanes into the New York Twin Towers, into the Pentagon, as well as the fourth plane, which crashed. Each of those men must have gone to flight schools and had learned how to fly those big jets. However, they chose to use their skills and talents for the wrong reasons. My friends, you too, you too have knowledge and training and skills. You have abilities. And it's important for each one of us, it's important for you to use, use your skills for godly purposes and to be a help and blessing to other people instead of using your abilities for evil purposes. Amen? Amen? All right. Let me take you to this third truth. What is, here it is, what is the best way of preventing future 9-11s? What is the best way? Well, we could spend a lot of time on this, but time is limited. What are the best ways of preventing future 9-11s? Okay, stick with me. Step one. There is the need to spread the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ for each person to be born again spiritually. Why? Because 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Read it with me. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. That's the King James Version. Or the 2 Corinthians 5.17 translation in the NIV says... Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. And notice the promise of uh, Ezekiel in the Bible. Ezekiel 36, 26. Read it with me. And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. And I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. I will give you a new heart. My friends, the preaching and the teaching of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is so vital, so important, because, because the result is through the work of the Spirit of God, through the work of the Holy Spirit coming into each one of us, our hearts are changed. There is the start of the change and transformation of the inner nature, the heart. 
And that's why, that's why we have a mission to preach and teach and present the gospel here in our own city. We have the responsibility of loving and praying for and supporting our missionaries around the world because the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ can result in transformed hearts. Amen? Amen? That's why. Yes, go ahead and applaud. It's good news, good news. But here's step two. In addition to step one being the need to spread the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, step two is this. There is the need for each person to not only begin in the Christian faith, but to go deeper and seek to experience entire sanctification. Look at the Bible verses, 1 Thessalonians 5, 24 New International Version says, read it with me if you wish, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. That's the New International Version. Look at uh, the New Living Translation. Puts it just a little bit differently. Same verses. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, 24. All right, here it is. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. Amen? And the New Living Translation puts it like, oh, that was the New Living Translation. The ESV puts it like this. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful and he will surely do it. What happens when we seek to be entirely sanctified, what happens? What happens is we, we end up saying, Dear God, when I first repented of my sins and believed in Jesus as my Savior and Lord, you came into my heart, you came into my life. The Spirit of God comes into us. At entire sanctification, we end up saying, Lord, when I first believed, you became resident in my life. Now, now, as I seek to be entirely sanctified, I really want to make you president, president of my life. Lord, I ask you to take full control every nook and cranny of my life. And Lord, through the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit, cleanse me, cleanse me internally of any evil that is within me. Cleanse me through and through, from top to bottom, from left to right. Cleanse me and purify me. Just as David cried out, create, create in me a pure heart, O God. That is the essence of entire sanctification. And my friends, I say to us that the permanent, the permanent long-term solution to situations such as 9-11 is entire sanctification for all people, all languages, all cultures. Entire sanctification is the essence 
of the holy word of God and it is his desire and it is the truth that the church of the Nazarene believes in and preaches and stands for because ultimately God wants to rule and reign fully inside of us so that we have the right heart, the right spirit cleansed by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Is there an amen? Amen. And so, my friends, we're going to close now with the singing of this beautiful hymn. I believe it's My Jesus, I Love Thee. Would you stand? Would you stand? And as the musicians come, I want to ask us, hey, first of all, first of all, have you started on your spiritual journey? Have you, have you started by repenting of your sins and believing in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? If you haven't as yet started, this is the day to start. To start your relationship with God Almighty through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If you have already started that relationship, this is wonderful. And now, if you haven't as yet gone deeper, and to step two, if you haven't as yet cried out and said, God, I need to be sanctified through and through, this can be the day for you to cry out and pray and say, Lord, I need you. Fill my heart. Fill my life. Come and fill me with your Holy Spirit, O oh God. Oh, I'm not a terrorist and I don't intend to be a terrorist, but Lord, I need your full cleansing work inside of me. Make me, mold me, transform me. And Lord, I want to say, my Jesus, I love thee. And my, my friends, let me say, one of the big lessons of 9-11, sad to say, is that it is also a reminder to us that no one knows how long we will live. There were about 3,000 people who died because of the terrible 9-11 attacks. About 3,000 people. None of those people, I'm sure, woke up thinking, oh, today might be my last day. Maybe a few did, I don't know. Most people don't think that. But those tragic events happened. And 3,000 people were gone from this earthly life. 9-11 reminds us that we have to be ready. We have to know that we have a relationship with God Almighty through faith and trust in Jesus. And that we are bound for heaven. That we are bound for heaven. And so I invite you, whether you're on the main level here, up in the balcony, or you're watching, you're watching on your television sets, or on your computers, or on your phones, I invite you, I invite you in this moment, as we sing, to make, a, first of all, a decision to repent of your sins and become a Christ follower, to be born again spiritually. And I invite others of you, you've already been born again, but, but you haven't moved on into a deeper relationship with the Lord through entire sanctification, this can be the day when you will move forward, move forward. So as, as we sing...
You feel free to come and pray as you wish. Leave, leave some space between you and others because we still have to be concerned about COVID. You come and stand or kneel at this altar on that side, that side, or in front of the communion table and, and say, Lord, here's what I need today. And the good Lord hears your prayers and mine. You feel free to come. We love you. And better still, Jesus loves you. Let's tell him that we love him. Musicians, let's sing, shall we?